You're listening to the Passion Church Podcast. Our mission is to help people win by living a genuine Jesus-filled life. If you are ever in Cameron, Missouri, then come and join us and be a part of the Passion Church family. You can visit our website, passionchurchmo.com, to find out more about us. We have been doing, or we started last month, a a study in Proverbs for the Fabulous 50s. Um, Next, this next coming Saturday, we'll be doing uh, chapter two. Um, So if you enjoy what you hear today, by all means, uh, show up next Sunday. Um, I'm only going to be doing an introduction today of Proverbs, uh, the importance of Proverbs, and how to read Proverbs. And the study um, actually comes from three different things. There is an excellent commentary um, online at EnduringWord.com, and it breaks down just about every verse of the Bible and gives you um, extra insight and just lots of other Uh, theologians and people who have studied the word, their thoughts and ideas. Um, Also, there is a a Messianic rabbi that I listen to, and I've pulled in some of his comments and then as well as some of my own studies. Um, But we're going to look at how to read Proverbs to start out. Um, One of the ways that some people read it is to read one chapter a day. Take that one chapter, read it, think about it, becoming very familiar with the collection of wisdom that is in that proverb. And then at the end of the month, you've read through the entire book and taken time um, and really thought about what you've been reading. One of the best ways to read Proverbs is to read it very slowly and to read it very thoughtfully. Um, Think about the different circumstances that you see written in the scripture. And think about times in your life or in other people's lives where you've seen that they um, followed that wisdom and the successes that they had in their lives. And also think about those times in your life or other people's lives where they didn't follow the principle that was in that proverb and the consequences that came about because of that. So we need to think about both good examples as well as um, the bad examples when principles were ignored. And we can learn from those. Um, Another way that I have never done and I really would like to start doing is to read proverbs with someone. And so every day or how often you can get together, read it. Um, Each verse is broken down into two parts. Read it a verse at a time. Discuss um, what that means, what it means to you, when you've seen it in your life, and just really dig deep into those little nuggets that God has provided for us. But why should we read Proverbs? It's always been one of those things that you don't really hear a lot of teaching on. Um, And you don't really see, um, other than maybe just a daily devotional, uh, a lot of studies on. But one of the important reasons for reading Proverbs is because we are born um, ignorant and foolish. We, We have to learn the things of God. And we come into this world and we lack knowledge and we lack wisdom. And we need that knowledge and wisdom and Proverbs help us to get there. We also see the world today lacks a lot of knowledge and wisdom. Um, this world is a dark, confusing, and dangerous place, and a fallen world will tell you to do foolish things and destructive things. And so we need to know what God tells us to do. And there are many different messages out there, even today. You know, as I was preparing this um, for this morning, I was like, how appropriate that God would bring a message of wisdom and comfort. 
that he is in control, and that what he says determines everything. Um, but Proverbs will help us to discern what is truth and what is error. It will help us to know what is right and what is wrong and to be able to follow him. We need to read it so that we can grow in wisdom um, and knowledge um, and, again, look into those various situations. We can even almost predict what's going to happen in different instances because we can see those principles and we know how they end. Um, these proverbs are very short. They are easy uh, to remember, and they're very easy to understand. And that's um, a few of the things that we're going to look at today. But our culture, unfortunately today, is no longer Christian. The majority of our culture is no longer Christian. They may say they are, um, but the majority is not. And even a lot of times becoming anti-Christian. And so we're having to face that like we never have before. And Paul said in Romans 1, Verses 21 through 22, for even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks, but they became futile in their speculations and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools. And we are seeing this today in our culture. Our culture is no longer wise. And we need to get wisdom directly from sources like Proverbs and we need to teach it to our children and to our grandchildren. Proverbs is true. It's wise. It teaches us about God. It teaches us about morality, which is something that is very lacking today. It teaches us the importance of good character and that God, wisdom, morality, and successful living are all connected. If you want to be successful, live a moral life. The book of Proverbs has um, very practical advice as well as very spiritual advice. So by reading it, it helps us to find that balanced life between the practical and the spiritual um, that we need to live every day. But one thing that I want to caution you on when you read Proverbs, remember that these are principles. These are not promises. You can stand on them as principles because they show the character of God. But I think a lot of times people stand on the Proverbs as promises, and then when things don't work out the way they had hoped, then they blame God. But these are not promises of God. They are principles of God, showing his character and the expectations of the Christian life. But every time we read the word, we should start off with prayer. So I would like to start that today. Heavenly Father, open our ears that we may hear and open our minds that we may understand what you have for us today. And I also pray for traveling mercies for our pastors as they return to us today. Amen. Um, anytime you start studying a book in the Bible, you should look for the key text that is in that scripture. There's almost always one verse that kind of is the overarching theme um, for that book. And for Proverbs... That key is chapter 3, verse 5, and all of you probably know this by heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. And that is the whole purpose and meaning of Proverbs. So as you go through Proverbs, take notes. Um, a lot of times as I go through a reading, something comes to mind that I want to remember later or that I want to address later in, in my life. And then by the time I'm done, I've forgotten what that is. And so take notes while you read. 
and it'll be easier to remember those later. So the verses we're going to cover today are Proverbs chapter 1, uh, verses 1 through 7. So I'm going to read those through real quickly. Uh, The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel. To know wisdom and instruction, to discern the sayings of understanding, to receive instruction in wise behavior, righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the naive, to the youth, knowledge, and discretion. A wise man will hear and increase in learning, and a man of understanding will acquire wise counsel. To understand a proverb and a figure, to the words of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. And as I read through that, I realize every single one of us fits one of those people. I do not want to fit the last one. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. And so we're going to take this um, a verse or a few verses at a time. And so we're going to start with verse 1 that says, The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel. Now, I know most of us uh, are probably very familiar with Solomon. um, But real quickly, if you would turn, holding your place in Proverbs, turn to 1 Kings chapter 3. We're going to look at a few moments in Solomon's life. And so 1 Kings chapter 3, verses 3 through 13. Now Solomon loved the Lord, walking in the statutes of his father David, except he sacrificed and burned incense on the high places. And the king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there, for that was the great high place. Solomon offered a thousand burnt offerings on that altar. In Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream at night, and God said, Ask what you wish me to give you. Then Solomon said, Thou hast shown great loving kindness to thy servant David, my father, according as he walked before thee in truth and righteousness and uprightness of heart toward thee. And thou hast reserved for him this great loving kindness, that thou hast given him a son to sit on his throne as it is this day. And now, O Lord my God, thou hast made thy servant king in place of my father David, yet I am but a little child. I do not know how to go out or come in, and thy servant is in the midst of thy people, which thou hast chosen, a great people who cannot be numbered or counted for multitude. So give thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people, to discern between good and evil, For who is able to judge this great people of thine? And it was pleasing in the sight of the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. And God said to him, Because you have asked this thing, and have not asked for yourself long life, nor have asked riches for yourself, nor have you asked for the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself discernment to understand justice, behold, I have done according to your words." Behold, I have given you a wise and discerning heart, so that there has been no one like you before you, nor nor shall one like you arise after you. And I also have given you what you have not asked, both riches and honor, so that there will not be any among the kings like you all your days. 
So when Solomon could have asked God for anything, he asked God for wisdom to lead God's, to lead God's people. He had a heart for the people and knew that God was the answer to that. And another um, familiar part of scripture demonstrates the wisdom that Solomon had. So further on in verse, or I'm sorry, in chapter 3, verses 16 through 28, we see, Then two women who were harlots came to the king and stood before him. And the one woman said, O my Lord, this woman and I live in the same house, and I gave birth to a child while she was in the house. And it happened on the third day after I gave birth that this woman also gave birth to a child, and we were together. There was no stranger with us in the house, only the two of us in the house. And this woman's son died in the night because she lay on it. So she arose in the middle of the night and took my son from beside me while your maidservant slept and laid him in her bosom and laid her dead son in my bosom. And when I rose in the morning to nurse my son, behold, he was dead. But when I looked at him carefully in the morning, behold, he was not my son whom I had borne. Then the other woman said, No, for the living one is my son, and the dead one is your son. But the first woman said, No, for the dead one is your son, and the living one is my son. Thus they spoke before the king. Then the king said, The one says, This is my son who is living, and your son is the dead one. And the other one says, No, for your son is the dead one, and my son is the living one. And the king said, Get me a sword. So they brought a sword before the king. And the king said, Divide the living child in two, and give half to the one, and half to the other. Then the woman whose child was the living one spoke to the king, for she was deeply stirred over her son, and said, O my lord, give her the living child, and by no means kill him. But the other said, He shall be neither mine nor yours. Divide him. Then the king answered and said, Give the first woman the living child, and by no means kill him. She is his mother. When all Israel heard of the judgment which the king had handed down, they feared the king, for they saw that the wisdom of God was in him to administer justice. So this presents a remarkable demonstration of his wisdom. And so because of this type of wisdom, it's very important um, that we study these scriptures and look at them. And if we look at uh, 1 Kings 4, the next chapter over, Verses 32 through 34. says, He also spoke 3,000 proverbs, and his songs were 1,005. And he spoke of trees from the cedar that is in Lebanon, even to the hyssop that grows on the wall. He spoke also of animals and birds and creeping things and fish. And men came from all peoples to hear the wisdom of Solomon, from all the kings of the earth who heard of his wisdom. Amen. So Solomon wrote many Proverbs, um, but he did not write all of them. Um, he wrote uh, the first section of Proverbs, which is verses uh, chapter 1, verse 8, uh, through chapter 9, verse 18. And then he also wrote the second section, which is chapters 10 through 22. Um, there were some unnamed wise men who wrote the Proverbs that were collected in chapters 22, verse 17, through 24, and then there were two others contributed who uh, were, were actually named by name, and this is Agur, who wrote um, 
chapter 30, verses 1 through 33, and King Lemuel, who wrote chapter 31, verses 10 through 31. So not all of these Proverbs are Solomon's Proverbs, but the majority of them are. And now that we've discussed how wise Solomon was, there is something um, for you guys to think about. Solomon, he gave all of these wonderful statements of wisdom, and yet we know that this remarkably wise man did not finish his life in wisdom. He allowed compromise to come into his life, and he did not finish as well as he started. And so we must always stay intentional and not compromise um, as we walk through our day-to-day life. Then as we look um, at the next verses, verses 2 through 6 actually give the, the purpose of this book. The purpose is to know wisdom and instruction, to discern the sayings of understanding, to receive instruction in wise behavior, righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the naive, to the youth, knowledge, and discretion. A wise man will hear and increase in learning, and a man of understanding will acquire wise counsel. To understand a proverb and a figure, the words of the wise and their riddles. So that gives us our purpose. Um, and one of the ways that you should study is if we look at verse 2, to know wisdom and instruction. So what is wisdom and what is instruction? So wisdom is knowledge uh, that is applied to God's wise principles. Uh, Warren Wearsby says, we're living in the information age, but we certainly aren't living in the age of wisdom. Many people who are wizards with their computers seem to be amateurs when it comes to making a success out of their lives. And so there is a difference between wisdom and knowledge. Uh, You can have knowledge without wisdom. We know a lot of people who have learned a lot. They have a lot of head knowledge, but they aren't very wise um, in their life. And that's because knowledge is just a collection of facts. Wisdom is taking those facts and then using them um, for daily living Uh, One example is uh, knowledge can understand financial systems. You can know how financial systems work. But then wisdom is knowing how to manage a budget properly. So there is a big difference between um, knowledge and wisdom. James Boyce says, It is probably a safe bet to say that most people today are not much interested in wisdom. They are interested in making money and in having a good time. Some are interested in knowing something and getting an education. Almost everyone wants to be well-liked, but wisdom, the pursuit of wisdom, is not a popular ideal. And this was actually written some time ago, but we're definitely seeing um, the extension of that into this day and age. And so verse 2 tells us to know wisdom and instruction and to discern. That should be one of our goals. Verse 3, to receive instruction in wise behavior, righteousness, justice, and purity. So Proverbs is a school of wisdom. Um, We need to come to it with open hearts and minds receiving its teaching. So you're never too old to learn. I'm never too old to learn. We should always be looking at the scriptures, even those that we have read hundreds of times, and asking God to reveal some other part and dimension of his character to us. And if we do, verse 3 tells us that this will show as righteousness, 
justice and equity in us. These are all moral attributes. And you cannot separate wisdom from morality. And so a lot of people make this mistake. Uh, they, their morals are not what they need to be because they are not seeking the wisdom of God. And so if we applied our knowledge according to God's wise principles, we wouldn't see all this crazy stuff that we're seeing in the world today. Um, but how do we know God's wise principles? We can gain the knowledge, but how do we know his principles? We read God's word. So that's one of the things today that I hope that is sparked in you is a hunger and a thirst um, for filling yourself with his word daily. But the state of our society today is proof that we are moving away from the word of God. And there are multitudes of people who read scriptures, read the Bible through in a year, uh, have a daily devotion. But once that time is over, they don't think about what they have read and apply it to their lives the rest of the day. And so we need to be taking his word, um, possibly even a verse at a time, and asking, what does this truly mean? Okay, what does it mean? Um, in this case, to know wisdom, uh, what is wisdom and instruction. And we also need to be memorizing scripture so that it becomes woven into every fiber of our being. And this is something that I struggle with, finding the time, because to be able to memorize scripture, you have to spend time with that scripture. You have to um, present it to your mind over and over and get it, uh, like this says, woven into the fiber of your being, and a lot of us, um, myself included, don't schedule that time in our day-to-day -day life, and that's something that we need to be doing. Um, but we all need to make reading the Word with understanding a part of our daily lives, and that's the part that I want to challenge you, reading with understanding. And if you have a hard time understanding the Bible when you read it, Pray and ask the Holy Spirit to speak to your mind and to speak to your heart and to provide you with that understanding as you read. And then verse 4, to give prudence to the naive, to the youth, knowledge, and discretion. Naive is just a word meaning simple, uh, individuals that need instruction. And so the wisdom of this book um, will make the naive... Uh, the youth, uh, those who are inexperienced, um, it will let them know what to do and how to do God's uh, wisdom in their life. I love paper. <laughs> so it gives youth discretion. It gives them knowledge and discretion. So this book is not just for adults. Uh, youth can become wise and knowledgeable through reading it. Um, it will give young knowledge and discretion. So not only when you're reading in your um, time, Bible study time, sit down with your children. You will be amazed at what they already know about these verses as you sit down and break them open. You know, one of my favorite verses is um, the one that talks about taste and see. And to me, what that means is sit down, break that word open, and see what he has for you. And it becomes nourishment for your body. Um, but the only weapon that the enemy has against us is deception. That's all he has against us. And so we need to be filling ourselves and our children with wisdom from this book uh, so we're able to expose the deception of the enemy. 
verse 5, a wise man will hear and increase in learning, and a man of, un, a man of understanding will acquire wise counsel. Ross says, Proverbs is not simply for the naive and the gullible. Everyone can grow by its teachings. Discerning people can obtain guidance from this book so that they might continue in the right way. So we should never stop learning. We should always approach the scripture with what do you have for me today? Verse 6, to understand a proverb and a figure, the words of the wise and their riddles. And so the book of Proverbs can actually help us solve difficult problems in some of the riddles of life. If you're struggling with something and need an answer, a lot of people probably don't go to Proverbs. But there is a lot of instruction on daily living in these verses. And so I challenge you again to take some time with that. Uh, it will help you to be wise and understand things that previously you would not have been able to understand. Um, there are a lot of messages out there in the world and this book will also help us tell the difference between the true messages and the false messages. I don't want to follow a false message. I want to tr follow the true message. Uh, I believe we're too short in our time to waste it following something that isn't leading us uh, directly to God and directly to what he has for us in his life. Verse 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Now, this fear, when I was growing up, I always imagined um, it was a cowering fear that I had to be afraid of God because he was this powerful being that could just take me out at any minute. Um, but I've learned to understand that this is not a cowering, begging fear, that it's a proper reverence that the creature shows the creator. It's a proper reverence that the redeemed shows the redeemer. It is just bowing before him, either physically or spirit in our spirit, just in amazement at who he is and what he can do and has done for us. And that's the proper respect um, and honoring of God, which we all should do every day. And I've said before, we cannot separate wisdom from God. So you must know that there is a creator God. You must know God himself for the world to make sense and for life to be successful. So if you don't know God, the first thing is to come to God and learn to fear him with reverence and awe. Now this wisdom that we get from knowing God and spending time with God in his word, like I have said before, is not an intellectual knowledge but it is the fear of the Lord. So you must know that he is a person, and by that I mean he expresses his intentions in words. We have his scripture. Um, he acts to let us know uh, his intentions, and he responds to the words of actions of others. That defines any person, and so that should make God as real to you as any other person. He is powerful, and he punishes the wicked and rewards the righteous. If we have that image of God in our lives, then we can have an appropriate reverence and fear of him. Ross went on to say that the fear of the Lord ultimately expresses reverential submission to the Lord's will and thus characterizes a true worshiper. I want to be a true worshiper of God. Verse 7 also says, the beginning of knowledge. 
So wisdom cannot advance further until this starting point is established. So if respect of God is the beginning of knowledge, then the reverse of that is also true. We should automatically filter every advice that we get or everything that we hear um, and not completely trust the knowledge of anyone who does not respect God. We need to think about what they're saying. Does it ring true with the scriptures? Okay. There's a lot of good-intentioned people out there that have a lot of good advice, but if they are not a respecter of God, we need to make sure that that advice is directly for us. And this is... Um, the importance of Proverbs, you know, spend time reading verses two through six, spend time getting that into you so that you can develop that relationship with this book and its important uh, importance in your life and know that it all begins with the fear of the Lord. And so I want to encourage you again to find someone to read Proverbs with, encourage each other to honor and respect God. Not just to read, but to live it out in your life and to honor and respect God with a holy reverence. Knowing that he is the creator and you are the created. Knowing that he is the redeemer and you are the redeemed. Amen. And so I think most of us um, probably need to ask God to forgive us for not giving him the proper place in our life. I know that our daily lives can get so busy that that tends to take a back seat. And so I put myself right in with that one, that we get so busy with our lives. And, and once we get busy and move away from him and not make him such a, um, a focal point of our life, that we start to put trust in ourselves. And I would challenge you that if you are feeling fear of any kind about any situation in your life or the situations in the world today, if you are experiencing any fear that you are putting trust in yourself and put your focus back on God. Because when we trust ourselves, that's when we become stressed. Because we know us and we know that we fail. So put your trust in God. When stress and fear come, then your focus is not in the correct spot. And so right now what I would like to do um, is I would like for each of us to take a few minutes right now where you're sitting, um, and I want you to get alone with God and to be honest with him. He already knows our shortcomings, so I want you to take just a moment or two, confess those to him, ask him to forgive you, um, for not giving him the rightful place in your life. Start this moment being the moment that you place God as the center of your life and begin to fear him uh, in the most holy, reverent way. And while we're praying, also if there's anyone here who doesn't have a personal relationship with our precious Heavenly Father, um, raise your hand to him and tell God, that you want to have a relationship with him. Invite him to fill every part of your life with himself, that no part of your life would be untouched by him. So let's take a few moments to place ourselves in the position to be in the fear of God. Create within me a hunger and a desire, Lord, to read your words and to visit with you every day. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 
Amen. Amen, amen. So I encourage you to find someone to read Proverbs with. Take it a verse at a time. The two parts in every verse discussing what it means, how it applies to your life, when you've seen examples of that. And to help you with that, I want us to look at verse 8. And we're going to demonstrate that um, right now. So verse 8 says, Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and do not forsake your mother's teaching. When I read this, what I get out of it is that it's essential that parents give instruction, give good godly instruction to their children. And as parents, we need to be pouring godly instruction into our kids. And this verse could also, when you read it, bring to mind other scriptures. This verse and other verses. Uh, When a scripture comes to mind, don't just keep reading. Stop and investigate that scripture. The one that comes to mind for this verse might be Ephesians 6.2. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. So that New Testament scripture, Ephesians 6.2, is based off of Old Testament scripture, which is Exodus 20 verse 12. Honor your father and mother that your days may be prolonged in the land which the Lord your God gives you. And so these are the types of things that you could be looking at as you read. What does it mean to me? What other scriptures does it make me think about? And as you read with someone else and discuss these words, you're actually taking a part in a pr- another practice that we see in Proverbs. Proverbs 27:17, another very familiar scripture. Iron sharpens iron. So one man sharpens another. And when I, that scripture was brought to my mind, and I went and looked at it. Um, Another good study tool is um, BibleStudyTools.com. It's an online um, scripture, and it has all these different references. But it also contains, uh, if you set it up right, it contains Strong's concordance embedded within the Bible scripture. So you just have to click on the word and it brings up what it means. And so I wondered what sharpen actually meant. And so when I looked it up in the Strong's concordance, it meant something that I did not expect. Because we all come to mind of becoming sharp, becoming uh, stronger, um, becoming a sharp point to be able to pierce into things. But The word sharpen actually means to rejoice, to make glad, and to gladden. So when we are reading scriptures together, we are making each other stronger, but we're causing each other to rejoice in our spirit and to become glad in our spirit, which that gives us more confidence to live in our daily lives. And so there's a a very strong importance to reading scriptures together and breaking that apart. And so as we sharpen each other, we encourage each other. Amen? Amen. Well, I came across a prayer to pray before you read the Bible. And so I'm going to adapt it today as a a closing prayer. So I want you to think about these words that I'm going to pray and use them in your prayer um, right before you read the scriptures. Amen. Father, scripture is alive and active wisely directing our daily lives through preparation, conviction, and encouragement. When we are young in age, faith, or both, God's word forms a a firm foundation. Thank you, Lord. 
When we are new to reading the Bible, help us to learn discernment, to know what is false and what is true, to understand correctly what you intend to communicate through your scripture over what we want it to say and think it might say. God, you are so good to meet us each day. So specific and applicable to our situations is your word. Thank you for the wisdom contained in the pages of the Bible. Early Christians faced grave consequences for their faith. Thank you, Father, for their courage and their bravery. For those of us who can freely read your word from the comfort of our homes and convenience of our screens, let us never take it for granted. Convict us anew of the privilege and responsibility it is to read the Bible. Help us to understand what we read, Father. May the lesson you have prepared for us sink into the morrow of who we are becoming as we follow Christ and seek to live out your will and purpose for our lives. Lift your voice above all others and over all distractions as we set aside time to seek you and meet with you. Through your word, we get to listen to you, and in prayer and through our lives, we respond. Bless the ears of our hearts to be good listeners, and the mouth of our souls to speak and live out the truth you reveal in our everyday lives. Remind us that all scripture points to Jesus, and that he is wisdom and love. Bless our minds to be still and ready to receive your wisdom. Forgive us of our lack of discipline and obedience, but fill us with the hope of repetition. For you promise that when we seek you with all of our hearts, we will find you. Search our hearts today, Father. Remove any unforgiveness, for we cannot fully pursue a life of love in Christ when we are withholding forgiveness. Convict us of our sins and the habits that hold us back from experiencing your peace. Sow scriptures into the fabric of who we are becoming. Inspire in us a desire to slowly savor every last crumb, knowing it's the nutrition we need to fuel our bodies, minds, and lives in the way you intend them to function. We want to crave your word, Father. God, you are so good to us. Great is your faithfulness. Today, we wait in faithful expectation of a fresh revelation from your word. Bless the time we have set aside to read the Bible, stretch our minutes, and calm our surroundings. In a pocket of pure bliss, we get to experience the one true God, our creator, our father, our savior, and our friend. Let your will be done in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. So I hope you've been encouraged to dig into the scriptures and to find someone to help you do that. Thanks for listening to this podcast. We would love to connect with you on Facebook or Instagram at Passion Church Mo. Until next time, God bless.